Republicans get no love for believing in climate change. We find a scientific breakthrough on global warming. And we also tweet about New Year's resolutions. This is The Climate Lead. I'm Evan Lehman, editor of Climate Wire. I'm Robin Bravender, deputy editor of Climate Wire. Zach Coleman, our White House correspondent, wrote about the Climate Solutions Caucus. Hey, Zach. You've got an interesting story today. It points to a couple different things, right? It points to the difficulty that Republicans have in talking about climate change electorally and also just as an issue, right? I mean, because they're not going to get any sort of kindness from environmental organizations. And it also points to the sort of predicament that environmental organizations are in, right? I mean, they can't give props to Republicans for talking about climate change because their whole agenda is, seems to be, electing Democrats. Um, even though on the climate issue, maybe a Republican could be really useful or even beneficial. I think what you see here are environmental groups are very much in the mindset that there needs to be some sort of progressive counterbalance to the conservative streak of the Republican Party. And I think they want to trend in that direction and kind of have a rising tide, lift all boats kind of scenario for progressive causes. And they see climate change as being a democratic progressive cause. Not necessarily because it, it inherently is, but more so because Republicans have drifted away from it. And that's just how things have, have shook out. But now you have a group of Republicans who say, no, we want to come back into this conversation. And Democrats and, and a lot of environmental groups are treating them skeptically. But if environmental organizations truly were focused just solely on the environment, um, what prevents them from accepting these Republicans? You know, you've seen some major legacy environmental organizations talk about their support for candidates uh, stretching beyond environmental terms. It's, do you support the labor movement? Do you support women's reproductive rights? Things like that. And you have Republicans saying, why is that a condition for an environmental group? They say, I can be good on climate, but I can't give you labor rights. I can't give you uh, pro-choice. So now, at the same time, if you ask environmental groups, uh, why, why don't you support these Republicans, or why have you not endorsed them, they would say, look, regardless of what our metrics are, are on our scorecards, these guys haven't done enough on the environment. They just haven't. And that takes us to the conundrums that the Republicans face, right? I mean, on climate policy. You know, you, you can be Carlos Curbelo in Miami and talk about rising sea levels safely, but can you propose a carbon tax? And that's the thing, because environmental groups have advocated or defended a lot of top-down carbon emissions policy. And something like regulatory, uh, kind of what Republicans would call command and control policy. And that's not what a Republican who is passionate about climate would necessarily advocate. There are some who have defended the Clean Power Plan. Uh, there are some who defended the Paris Climate Accord, which is not a regulation, but they are looking for these market-based solutions and they're finding there's not many outside of the carbon tax, which is a political, uh, it's a political tripwire at this point. Good word. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. So there's this. Remember when scientists said you couldn't blame a single event on climate change? Well, it looks like that's over. 
Chelsea Harvey, our science reporter, is on the line with us from New York City. Can I start with just asking you to explain your reporting? Like, how did you come up with this idea? Is it something you've been tracking for a long time? Um, yeah, over the past year or two, um, I'd been noticing uh, kind of individual studies coming up on individual events. It, it seemed like um, a field that was sort of gaining popularity or, or maybe gaining attention not only among climate scientists, but also among the public, you know, I think there's something, um, you know, there's something really uh, captivating about these studies that tell you, you know, this is actually what's happening right now. Um, you know, this hurricane that just came through, this huge flood, this heat wave, um, you know, this is uh, the effects of climate change that we're seeing now. Um, and, you know, over time, talking with more and more scientists, a lot of people were saying, you know, this field actually has some really interesting implications for the future for um, climate policy, for climate litigation. So, um, so yeah, over a long period of time, it just um, really started to kind of capture my interest. And can you walk through for our listeners how they actually determine if humans are responsible, at least in part, for a single event? Sure. Yeah, the concept um, is actually pretty simple. So, um, you you have an event come through. Let's say um, let's say it's an extreme heat wave. Um, and so then what you want to do is basically run a whole bunch of model simulations um, in two categories. One, um, you're running simulations in a world where um, human-caused climate change exists in, in the way that it does. Um, and then the other simulations you're running are uh, a world where there would be no climate change at all. Um, and what you're basically doing is comparing to see, um, you know, how many times um, does this event uh, pop up in each of those two categories of simulations? And is there a significant difference um, between the world where climate change exists and the world where it doesn't? And, and so what, what are some of the events that scientists have pinned down on the human contribution to warming? So the, the science kind of lends itself um, better to certain types of events than others. So um, really simple um, weather climate events like heat waves um, are kind of the easiest to do it with. And then more complex weather events that have a lot of factors playing into them, like hurricanes, are a lot more difficult. Um, but it's been done with a whole lot of um, specific events. Uh, Hurricane Harvey most recently, um, uh, two or three papers have already come out in the past couple months that have linked um, the extreme precipitation from that hurricane to the influence of climate change. Um, there was also um, several papers that came out on the extreme Russian heat wave in 2010, um, the recent California drought. Have scientists ever swung and miss? Yes, that actually does happen pretty frequently. Um, let's see, one specific example I can think of is um, Snowstorm Jonas in 2016. Um, I think that scientists looked at that event. There was a paper that came out um, just last month um, and found that climate change had no influence on whether that event was more or less likely to occur. Um, there's kind of, I think, a little bit of a... I guess sort of a debate in the scientific community about whether there are actually events anymore that are not influenced by climate change at all. You know, um, there's kind of this idea that since we live in a world where climate change exists, every weather event is going to be influenced to some degree. 
Um, but, you know, just how significant um, is that influence and are we able to parse it out in, you know, in the individual study is kind of the question. Uh, all right. Thank you, Chelsea. Thanks, Chelsea. Okay. Bye. We asked her about New Year's resolutions. She said she didn't have any. No one has New Year's resolutions. Right. Maybe Twitter does. Maybe Twitter does. Twitter has everything. <laughs> what I'm going to do is tweet this and be like, whoever responds in the next 60 seconds gets a Climate Leaf hat, trucker hat. All right. All right. That was successful. There we go. Adam Ayton, one of our reporters, kindly responded to our tweet and said that he will eat less meat. Pulling, pulling double duty with his health resolutions. Mm. That's a good one. Get a twofer on that one. Um, R.L. Miller, the liberal climate activist, said her resolution is to vote out Climate Peacocks, which is her name for the Climate Solutions Caucus and the Republicans therein. She also said, I resolve not to wear trucker hats with strange logos. Smiley face. So she doesn't want our trucker hat. Well, it's good because we don't have any anyway, <laughs> right? Maybe our resolution should be to get the trucker hats. That's it for the climate lead. Thanks for listening. Check out our stories at eenews.net and have a good week. See you next time.